things and things Get too excited to see what's under my feet Trying to sell my soul door to door and down the street Having coffee with a dinosaur Out of my cereal box What is the fuss and tell me what's happening? This is the Pyrolite Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 58. We are here, ladies and gentlemen. Week 16, the championship is here. And this is the Pyrolite, and we have got your back for what ails you and all your fantasy football needs. We're here talking waiver wire streaming picks uh even doing some dfs as well so if you are not in the championship if you've got knocked out as i did last week sans julio jones again um then you still got hope and you can dip your toe in the dfs waters so we got you covered there too now just a quick note guys this is of course episode 58 Episode 59 next week, going to be a little different since nobody in their right mind should be playing fantasy for week 17, that is in redraft leagues. This is going to be it for streaming talk and waiver wire. I'm going to be talking DFS as long as there is DFS to be played, so you will still get the Pyro Light Fantasy Football Podcast on a weekly basis through the end of the season, as long as there is DFS there, but this is really our last streaming talk since... Everybody and their brother has their championships this week. So, we shall get going. Now, I want to remind folks, we are available, Pyromaniac Podcasts, that is, on iTunes, Spreaker, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, and our beloved Blog Talk Radio. If you enjoy the goo we are slinging, purchase a draft kit in the offseason, you can become a Pyro Pro member, or at the very least, give us a review, whether it's on iTunes or Spreaker, Google Play, wherever you encounter Pyromaniac, give us a review that helps to uh, increase our awareness and get in the ears of others, not your league mates, hopefully. Okay, the opening music tonight was a band I used to follow a bit and kick a beer back and kick a tail feather with, uh, The Recipe. That was a song called Bone Meal from their album Night of the Porch People. As always, stay tuned to the end of the Pyrolite podcast, and you can hear that song in its entirety. All right, guys, we are here. Week 16 is here, and I have brought in uh, someone of a kindred spirit to my own, Mr. Josh Cracker. He's a fantasy football writer for Clock Dodgers Super 2 Sports, and you can follow him on Twitter at JC Crocker. That's J C C R O C K E R. Mr. Josh Cracker, how are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure, man. Uh, you know, we you and I were talking a little bit beforehand, and we've sort of bantered back and forth on Twitter, but Honestly, you do a lot of what I do, right? Talking waiver wire picks, uh, DFS cash plays, uh, a lot of the same stuff, yeah? Yeah, sounds like there's quite a bit of overlap there. So it's yeah, all the best so, stuff in the fantasy football industry, right? Absolutely. I, I'm really excited to kind of hear your, your take on some of this stuff and to see where we agree and to see where we may differ. 
So I'm really excited to have you on, man. This is uh, this has been a good thing. How's your season going for you? Uh, well, like you, I got knocked out in one of my one of my leagues, and then uh, thanks to Mr. Tyreek Hill, I have somehow managed to make the championship in, on a team where I had both Julio and AJ. So that's oh yeah yeah. So fingers crossed, the team's gonna be healthy this week. Yeah, you could have uh, both those guys back with uh, Julio and AJ, possibly. So, uh, wow, that's a big fill, considering you didn't have two of your muscle men there for the past couple weeks. Well, yeah, thank you, Tyreek Hill. No kidding. Yeah, he's going to get a box of chocolates, I'm sure, from many a fantasy. The the other jacket is already in the mail. I like it. I like it. All right, man, before we uh, dive in, to waiver wire guys that many of you I'm sure are going to be salivating over because you're going to need it to win your championship. Let's just look a little Vegas here. Now, essentially, I was shooting the breeze here with Josh beforehand, just kind of telling folks the reason we do this. And I suppose I should pause here. We're recording this. The Thursday night game will be kicking off soon. Giants at Philly. Then we've got a 12-game Saturday slate, hence the fact that I'm recording a day early here to give you the 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 you a day early so a 12 game saturday slate then on sunday you've got baltimore at pitt and then denver at kc and then monday my beloved lions are gonna face the cowboys so interesting week lots of games spread out so let's look at what vegas is telling us i got three games here josh that in dfs i'm gonna be targeting because there are only three games this week that Vegas believes will have a total score to go for over 50 points. Now, when I look at this, you want to look at the opening point spread. Anything after that point is really primarily influenced by betting trends. That's not always the case. You know, when Barkley started for the Bears after the game uh, spread was already out, obviously that game spread changed quite a bit just because of the starting quarterback change. But for the most part, you want to look at opening numbers. And we got three, three games that if I'm playing DFS, I think it's going to behoove you to uh, target guys on Atlanta, Carolina. That's the first game. Now, this game, I think, could easily surpass 50 points. Atlanta's at Carolina, and Carolina's actually the home team, but they are not favored. Carolina is one and a half point underdogs. They got an over-under of 52. As I said, this is one of three games that's expected to go north of 50 points. Atlanta, man, they have an implied team total near 27 points. Carolina implied team total, just over 25 points. Now, interesting, both teams allow their opponents to score an average north of 25 points. So you certainly like the over in this one. Atlanta, in fact, they've surpassed the spread. They've been over in 12 of their last 14 games. So by God, if you can get those Falcons and if you can get those Carolina players on your DFS squad, I think it's going to behoove you. Another one you might want to target, Indy at Oakland. Oakland, they are home, of course, and they are three and a half point favorites. This opened up at 52.5. You got Oakland, 28 implied team points. Indy down a little bit from there, uh, but I think you're going to have a lot of scoring here on both sides as well. Indy 
just 24.5 implied team points. The third one that's going to go for over 50, you've got Tampa Bay at New Orleans. New Orleans, of course, in the dome where Breeze can do no wrong. Uh, the over under there, 52.5, and New Orleans is favored by three and a half, and they too have a 28 point implied team total. Tampa Bay just over 24. Now, those are the three games that I'm liking. Now, those game scripts to me going to be fairly even. You know, you could it's a coin toss who might win those with the Jets and the Pats. We've got an over under 44. So normally, I'm not even really keying in on that. What drew my attention though, 14.5 points. That is the spread for New England. That gives them the highest implied team total of the week. Vegas expects them to score over 29 points. As I said, highest implied team total for week 16. The Jets only expected to score 14.75. Bum, 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 bum. That's the lowest implied team total of the week. So you talk about a game script, man. Now, I know the Jets are good, but they're kind of writing it off. And Blunt, he he loves to score at home. Uh, Wild Bill, I don't think it's that difficult. If the game script is going to favor the run, and they're playing a bad run team, now, not that the Jets are, but they're kind of writing it in now, this game script, I think, is going to favor the run. But I also like a Deion Lewis, and we're going to talk about that later as well. And just for a point of comparison, guys, the reason we're talking about these teams, either a New England that has uh, a heavy, heavy home favorite. So you're going to get a key to the game script. And then you got that Indy, Oakland, Tampa, New Orleans. And then you've got, of course, Atlanta, Carolina, all of which going to score big. On the flip side of the coin, Denver at Kansas City. That has an over-under of 38. Now, rarely is a game below 40 points. Uh, it's happened only a handful of times in my recent memory. Denver has an implied team total just of over 17. KC has an implied team total less than 21. So if you got it, here's the reason. Here's the whole shebang. If you got a, a guy, let's say guy A, guy B, you can't decide who to go. Guy A plays for one of those two teams, Kansas City or Denver, neither of which is expected to score three touchdowns. And you got guy B that's on Tampa, New Orleans, Indy, Oakland, Atlanta, Carolina, then, you know, that's going to help you decide which guy. This is the reason we talk Vegas. So, Josh, uh, are you liking any of these games in particular? Uh, Atlanta, Carolina, Indy, Oakland, Tampa, New Orleans, or even the Jets, New England, or uh, I, anyone? I think there are a lot of really good options in that Indy, Oakland game. You know, I think all the way from uh, Andrew Luck up at the top, I think is is pretty much cash game viable this week. And there, there are even tight end options there. Jack Doyle could be an attractive choice. I, I don't think you could find a, a defense I would play on either side of the ball on that one. That's That would be the only hole in that game stack. Yeah, it's interesting. Doyle, too. I really like him if, indeed, Moncrief is out. And, you know, we might even get into this a little bit later. Uh, Allen, if he goes, he, I'm suspecting is going to be held into block because this season Andrew Luck has been getting lit up like a rag doll behind that line. Indy's giving up, I believe, right behind Cleveland, 
second most quarterback hits this season. Luck. This is going to shorten his career if they don't get a line for him, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. And I believe that they also have a couple of injuries on the offensive line right now. So if if Dwayne Allen is, he's playing left tackle. That's what he's doing. And it's going to be Swope and, and Doyle out there catching passes. Yeah, last week they were down three linemen. That was one of the reasons I was keen on, I think it was the Vikings that, that played them, if I'm not mistaken, and that didn't work out so well. They they persevered. They still, you know, beat the heck out of luck. But I still think that it's going to be a long, long day. And, you know, that's one thing I actually look for, quarterback hits. If a quarterback is getting rushed, if he's happy feet in the pocket, if he doesn't get to follow through on his passes – that's going to be cause for a lot of defensive opportunity, fumbles, interceptions, sacks. So that's one thing I really look at, and that's one thing they have to address, Mr. Ursay. You got a, a, a quarterback of a, the generation. Protect that man, for goodness sakes. All right, Josh, let's talk a, a bit of streaming. Before I ask you who you're looking at, just let the folks know, as you should by now, we're talking streaming. That means guys that you can grab off the waiver wire. And with streaming, normally we talk quarterback, tight end, defense. And let's start with the quarterback spot. Now, we're using NFL Fantasy, guys that are available in 50% of leagues or more. And generally, I always look after Tuesday, so after waivers have cleared. That means right now we're removing the top 20 quarterbacks. So anybody left after that. Josh, I've been keeping track of this all year. At quarterback through 15 weeks. Again, I'm always taking out the top or the 50%. As long as they are owned in uh, or available in 50% of leagues or more, they're available for me to talk about. And through 15 weeks, if you would have listened to me every week and gone with my quarterback streamer, you would have the sixth best quarterback right now two and a half points behind Dak so I've done pretty well at the quarterback spot like I said streaming all year and if you would have followed my advice you would have the sixth best quarterback so Josh week 16 which quarterbacks would you like to stream going into the championship I you know I mean first of all QB6 streaming that's pretty amazing like and if that's if that's not proof of concept I don't know what is but to 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 answer your question, um, if you if you're still streaming quarterbacks at this point in the season, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean on a guy that has has kind of helped me all the way through the playoffs, and that's gonna be Colin Kaepernick. So the Rams aren't really giving up a lot in the way of passing yards, but what they are giving up is passing touchdowns. They've allowed the fourth most passing touchdowns, um, and you know the pick is really about the upside of Kaepernick. Because yeah. the the other quarterbacks that are available at this you know this level of ownership, we, we might be hoping that they bounce up and get a twenty point game. But Kaepernick has shown us that he can he can be a QB one on the week. And and another thing that I think is yeah. going for this is Cappy that he's playing in LA and there is no chance of snow. Now, we we are not going to get scare off owners in. Uh, the past couple weeks, he might have scared off owners, perhaps, but uh, boy, I think you got to stick with them. In, in the last five weeks, L.A. has allowed the third most fantasy points to be scored by opposing quarterbacks on a per game basis. So yeah. I am with you. I think Cappy's a great pick uh, this week. He he's he's been one of my streaming picks all year. Uh, looking back, one. 
two, I've got him listed at least two times, no, three times, I believe I picked him. Yeah, I since he got the start, he's been the gift to QB streamers, really. He's been pretty amazing, except for in one or two games. So you can't ask for much better than that. Yeah, yeah. The the past two have been a little uh, a little quirky. One I'm gonna give him a pass on the snow game. He only had like six attempts or something. But I mean, his floor his floor is three rushing attempts in a game. His ceiling is ten. Six of his rushing attempts have come inside the opponent's red zone. He's just gonna you know. 40 yards, a scamper for 40 yards, which he has done numerous times. Heck, Blaine Gabbert scampered for 43 yards the first time San Francisco met L.A. Uh, That's a passing touchdown, and that's where he's earning his bread. And I think think it's a great call this week. I'm still debating who should be my official pick. Maybe you can help me out. Uh, I got a few names listed. Is Cappy the the one in only guy you're going to go with here and I, I i wouldn't blame you if that I've would got, be your, your one and only there's another guy that that i'm interested in lay I, it I, on me brother lay it on me okay i think matt barkley's in a pretty good spot facing the redskins the, i got that name written down too yeah i like it pass defense is 24th by uh, by dvoa they've allowed 300 yard games to every qb they faced except one since week 10 and that was that was the game against Dallas where Zeke just had a huge game. So I don't think that was really a failure on Dak's part or a triumph on the Washington defense's part for that matter. So and go go ahead. I was just going to say Washington is is a dream matchup for a quarterback. Yeah. Last 5 weeks, no other team has allowed more quarterback fantasy points on a per game basis. Then the Redskins, they've got five linebackers listed as questionable, two of which are starters, and their starting defensive end, Chris Baker, listed as questionable. Uh, Looking at schedule, when you adjust for schedule, only the Titans are softer for opposing quarterbacks. So I am really liking Barkley. Uh, Only Carson Wentz, uh, going against Washington, only Wentz was the only quarterback that failed to put up a double-digit day, and that was back in week six. And you, I think you talked Dak, Palmer, Newton, all put up over 20 fantasy points against them. And all three did it within the last four games. So Barkley has a great opportunity. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm getting a little cocky, Josh, because as I said, I'm sixth. I've streamed Cappy. I almost want to just go with Barkley. Let me toss out a few more names for you. Maybe you can help me make my decision real quick. If he's, I'm not saying this is my top guy. I'm just going to throw this name out though, but Savage facing Cincy with a 5.2 adjusted sack rate. Only five teams are getting to the quarterback less than Cincy. So Savage, he's going to have time to throw and find his favorite receiver. That is the ghost of DeAndre Hopkins. So he's not bad if you are in a real deep league and in a pickle. Honestly, Bortles, I think, is a very good streamer this week. Good DFS play. Cheap. Facing the Titans, when you adjust for schedule, I already said this, they rank dead last against quarterbacks. That's who Bortles is going to face. Every quarterback who's gone up against the Titans, except Ryan Tannehill, has put up a double-digit fantasy day. Now, in their last meeting, earlier this season, Bortles threw for 337 yards and three 
TDs and the Titans. They've got two starters listed as questionable. Uh, in fact, they're starting cornerback Jason McCourty and they're starting linebacker Derek Morgan. They've yet to practice this week. So I think Bortles is a damn fine option. Also, what do you, Matt Moore. Um, I got a bunch of stuff here. Now, I, I know we are not going to see what we saw last week, but he's facing the Bills. Bills. They, in the red zone, they surrender points 55% of the time, whereas Miami has a 58% success rate in the red zone. Very high. Now, in raw numbers, the Bills hold their own against quarterbacks, but when you adjust for schedule, it's a different story. Sure, they destroy some guys uh, that you know that they should destroy, but there have been many guys that have put up some decent games here. Russell Wilson, over 25 points. Tom Brady, over 30. Flacco cruised to a double-digit day against them. Ryan Fitzpatrick, over 20 points. Our boy Cappy, over 18. Tannehill himself, 14. Dalton, 15. Blake Bortles, over 20. A nine-fingered Derek Carr went for over 18 <laughs> points. And Robert Lee Griffin III had an 18.6 fantasy day against this team. I think you could do worse than Matt Moore. You're not holding your breath for what happened last week, but I, I think he's viable. So I'm going to boil it down to three here. I'm saying Barkley, Bortles, and Kaepernick. Who would you take, Josh, between those three? If it wasn't championship week, I would be a lot more willing to play Bortles. But I just can't do it in week 16. I, it's really not a logical thing because everything – I think he he checks – pretty much all of the boxes. I would I would still just go cap because I feel like there's some trust there at this point. In how's try this on for size. If you are looking at your opponent and your opponent you fear his lineup. You think you're going to have to put up the points. I think Cappy's going to give you the highest ceiling. He could easily pass for two. He could have, you know, 70 80 rushing yards, maybe he runs for another one or two. That is Totally conceivable against L.A. And honestly, I think L.A., everybody talks about they've got a great front four or, or uh, front yeah. defensive line. I think that might work in Cappy's favor. if Flush him out and make him run. Exactly. If it breaks down, who do you want to run but Colin the Gazelle Kaepernick? So I really think that could work in his favor where people have been saying that's a detriment. I don't think it is. You know, so, as long as he doesn't just get nailed by somebody. I, I really like what they're doing there between Carlos Hyde and him. I think it makes it really hard for defenses to tee off and pass rush with those two guys. I'm going to say that I'm going to actually pick two this week. I'm going with Cappy and Barkley. I'll take the aggregate for my total score and I'll tell you how I finish up next week, but I'm sixth right now. And I'm saying this, if you need the points, go with Cappy. And honestly, I think if you need solid floor, because we've seen Cappy give you no floor in the past couple of weeks, he's really hurt you. I think Barkley, he's going to give you a solid floor facing Washington, as I said, in the last few weeks, last five weeks. No other team has allowed more quarterback fantasy points on a per-game basis than Washington. Barkley's got Alshon back. He was we, we saw him go to multiple receivers last week. They've got Jordan Howard. I think Barkley's going to give you a nice floor. I'm picking two this week, Cappy and Barkley. Can you, can you get with that, Josh? Yeah, I like it a lot. I, I'm having a hard time picking between them. I know. It, it's really it, it's what you need. And 
I got to believe if you are made it to the championship and you do need a quarterback streamer, I'd like to think the rest of your team is pretty darn good. So I, I might feel safest personally with going with a Barkley. However, if you are just up against a murderer's row lineup, then I, you, with those legs, it's hard to beat Cappy, the ceiling he can offer you. So I'm sticking with the two. Turning over to the tight end spot, we've got 15 tight ends that are owned in 50% or more. So you got to throw those guys out of the board. And as I say, we're going to look in the rear view mirror. I've been keeping track all year. At the tight end spot, on a now I had to do this one on a points per game. This was the one and only time I kind of messed up. Week five, I called Virgil Green, and I even said, in quotes, needs to be cleared on Saturday. And that didn't happen, and I forgot to tweet out my... Uh, second choice, I also do the news feeds over at Pyro Pro, so a lot of times I'll update you there on the news feeds. I didn't do that week five, so I've got to do it on a points-per-game basis, and on a points-per-game basis, I'm tied for 12th, so 6th at quarterback, 12th at tight end. Uh, There's a lot of streaming names that are appealing this week. For the tight end spot, who do you like, sir? Uh, My number one choice would be Charles Clay. Since, uh, since Since he took off week 13 to go become a dad he's been catching touchdowns every week to which is only two weeks <laughs> yep, to be fair yep. but that it's not just point chasing because the dolphins have been allowing these big games to tight ends they've allowed dennis pitta to get to earlier in the season we saw a game where hunter henry and gates both got one and to to help further drive that volume inwards the dolphins have been fairly fairly tough against their outside receivers so I, I feel like there there's I feel like Clay's gonna get maybe an uptick uptick in targets and especially if the weather is a little a little rainy, not not perfect, you know, the short passing game might be amped up even that much more. Which indeed it is supposed to be. Drizzle uh right, hovering around thirty two, I believe. So I could see that. Like you say he's got that baby magic working for him small sample size but let's let's also not forget another narrative here it's a revenge game he he's going up against miami yeah so he got that added incentive so i I like the clay call i've got him written down i'm gonna do an easy one here this is kind of cheating but heck uh I'm, i'm trying to crack back into the top 10 uh, I was there all year until about week 11, and then I fell out of the top 10 at the tight end spot. Uh, Brait, amazingly, I, I wrote down a bunch of names for you guys, so so don't pull over your car and start slamming on the steering wheel. That I, I, Brait's not available. I got a bunch of names, but Brait is available in 50% or more of NFL leagues. You know, I'm going to talk him up in DFS, so he's a great play. He's the cover boy of this image, so if you want to know more about him, listen to the DFS segment. But uh, a, a little teaser, in the last three weeks, Brait has been targeted just as much as Evans, and not only that, uh, in the red zone, he's actually getting more production, more catches and touchdowns uh, than his counterpart, Mike Evans. Uh, more to come on Bray in the DFS segment. He's going to be my official pick, and that's just kind of an easy one. I got three other names written down, Josh. Any other tight ends you got an eye on? Yeah, Jack Doyle's interesting in that, that Raiders game. Yep. If, the, if I could be sure that he was the only pass-catching tight end on that offense, he would be a lot more interesting. But I, I still I still like Doyle. Like you said, I think Allen's going to be called in to block a lot. 
Yep. And I, I think at this point he's outplayed the other tight ends. Yeah, and you know, uh, we said earlier they had three offensive linemen out last week. With the amount that Luck has just been a ragdoll, they do need blocking. So I think Dwayne Allen will be called in to block. And Moncrief, he was limited on practice. So even if he goes, I still think Doyle is a good play against Oakland, who is notoriously, notoriously bad. Kerry uh, Grant bad, for those Hitchcock fans out there, against the tight end spot. Uh, this, too, one of those games expected to go over 50 points, so you want to get the action there. Oakland has given up the 12th most fantasy points to the tight end position in the last five weeks. Henry got a touchdown last week. Kelsey went for over 100 the week before. In fact, six tight ends have been able to rack up at least 60 yards against the Raiders. Uh, real quick, Fedorowicz, you got to go back to him. He was able to practice. He's looking like he's going to be able to go. He's looking like he's going to be able to go. I think that's a great call. Um, of course, we've got Savage there, though, and Savage really had eyes uh, for Mr. Nuke Hopkins. But uh, Fedora was still a good call. And Jesse James, looking like Ladarius going to be out. Pittsburgh home to Baltimore last five weeks. Only five defenses have allowed more fantasy points per game to opposing tight ends. They've allowed three double-digit tight end performances in the last four games. And we all know Big Ben, he's at home. We know his home road splits. Home is where you want to play him. Uh, at home, his quarterback rating skyrockets by more than 40, from a 78 rating to 119 on the road. TD interceptions on the road, 9-8. to eight. At home, Big Ben, 17-3. to three. So I think Jesse James is very doable. Uh, we also mentioned Clay. We mentioned Doyle. Fedorowicz is going to get the start, it looks like. And my official call is going to be Mr. Brait. He is indeed the poster boy of today's show. Defensively, this is the, the third of the streaming positions, as they say. Now, we've had to toss out 11 because there are 11 defenses that are currently over 50% ownership on NFL Fantasy. Now... Looking in the rear view mirror, uh, I am, through 15 weeks, I am 12th at the defensive spot. So, again, if you were taking my picks, you'd have the 6th best quarterback, the 12th best tight end, and the 12th best defense. This week, boy, there's a lot of calls I've got written down here. Two are my favorite. Uh, who are you liking on the defensive spot? I, I would be willing to bet that we probably have the same two favorites. I, probably so. San Diego against the, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, you got that. The yep. most interesting thing I think in this matchup is that you've got the Browns who are leading or near leading in giveaways, and then you've got the Chargers who I think are number two in takeaways. Yeah. So there there are going to be some turnovers, some short fields, but but at the same time the the Chargers are a little bit turnover prone themselves. So that that might be an interesting game. This might be. The, the one that Cleveland has a chance to get away with. Jeez, you know, I've heard other people say that as well. Um, I hope that's not the case if I am indeed streaming the Chargers. Not to say that you can't have a good streaming defense that loses. It's entirely possible. After all, 50% uh, of the streaming points last season came from sacks and interceptions. You can still get a bunch of sacks and interceptions and have a high-scoring game and lose. 
But I've heard other people say that, heck, if they're going to win a game, this is going to be the one. I still believe in the Chargers, though. It just they're dead. Cleveland dead last in quarterback hits. Only three team, three teams have offensive lines with a lower running back adjusted line rating than the Browns' measly 3.41 adjusted yards. <laughs> That's terrible. Uh, and as far as pass protection, they rank adjusted sack rate 9.8 percent. That is the very bottom. That means out of all of their offensive plays, they're getting sacked nearly 10% of the time. That's terrible. That is horrific. That, that is why yeah. you have that many starting quarterbacks for the Browns. Exactly. And that many quarterback hits yeah. uh, as well. So the Chargers, they are indeed one of my locks of the week, one of my picks. I got two. Uh, who else do you have written down? Uh, the Tennessee defense against Jacksonville. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. We are of like mind. And uh, why do you like the Titans, sir? Well, because of Blake Bortles, right? And, you know, the the funny thing about this is Blake Bortles does not have a terrible offensive line. He he is just making these, like, rookie-level bad bad throws. Yeah. And he's so inaccurate that he, he, gives, he gives the defense a chance every game. I, I heard that um, someone asked him about his, his pick sixes that he's been, you know, throwing – and his response was that he needs to get better at tackling. Not, <laughs> not that he needs to stop throwing the pick six, but that he needs right. to get better at tackling people. <laughs> right, because because certainly there's no chance he's going to get better at throwing the ball. So <laughs> Maybe it, he's it, just like that self-aware, that he knows he can never stop doing that. So he just needs to get better at tackling. I was going to say, I like a self-aware man. I still do like Bortles for a streamer this week. Uh, I don't blame you if you don't have the stones to pull the trigger. I think he's a good DFS play, but yeah. Chargers, Titans, uh, those are my top two. Titans, sneaky. Uh, They lead the league with two punt return touchdowns. Uh, They've got three TDs from fumble recovery, and as you say, the the pick sixes have been flowing in. Uh, They've got two starting offensive linemen for the Jags. Uh, They've been limited in practice all Week. Uh, their offensive line, as graded by RotoWire, comes in at 31st. So, That's yeah, Titans, <laughs> Titans, Chargers. Those are some easy ones. Those are absolutely my locks. Those are my picks. But if they're not available, I got a few more names. Uh, what do you think about which one would I start with? Maybe the Bills. Bills home to Miami. Uh, we talked a little Matt Moore. I, there's no way he's going to look like what he did last week. Last week was against the Browns. This is a warm weather team. Uh, winds are approaching 14 miles per hour. Like you say, that could be good for the short pass to Clay. I, I like that, but it's not a recipe for, for great success for, for a guy that barely has a one-to-one touchdown interception ratio. Now, last week helped them a bit, but I think the Bills are a good team at home. I like the Rams at home facing San Francisco. Rams lead the league with four defensive touchdowns from interceptions, I believe. Only five teams have given up more than the 49ers' 38 sacks allowed. Uh, I also like the Redskins facing Chicago, Matt Barkley. Now, again, you're going to hear me say some defenses against some quarterbacks, just because you pick a streaming defense to go against it does it's not hand lock step that if you have a quarterback and if you start a defense against him you can easily have both do well now the redskins uh only four teams with more sacks than the redskins and that is again where the majority of fantasy points comes from and Josh Norman 
Let's not forget about him. He could force Barkley into some bad decisions. I also like Oakland. They are home. Indy's coming all the way across the country. One of the same reasons I like teams going to go up against Cleveland is Indy gives up the hits on the quarterback. Adjusted sack rate of 7.8. Only three teams give it up at a faster clip. Even though this is going to be a high-scoring game, I think there's going to be a lot of room for error or for defensive opportunity to capitalize. I do like the high-scoring games. That does not scare me off. I know a lot of people look at a low implied team total, but you just it just doesn't really happen. That is not a path to fantasy defensive success because you just don't get that many points for holding a team to few points, and that rarely happens. You really want opportunities for interceptions and sacks, opportunities for turnovers, opportunities for scores, and I think Oakland's going to give you that. So, certainly, Titans and Chargers are the way to go. If not, I think you could do very well with the Bills, Oakland, Redskins, Rams as well. All right, sir, before we head on over to the pick and flick, which, let's be honest, is just the same as streaming, we're just talking two different positions, we're going to pause and pay the bills. Now, as the Pyrolite folks know, I'd like to give you a little trivia here. So, Josh, I want you to think about this while we're going to listen to the upcoming commercial. Trivia question number one, sir. Jameis Winston. He has now played in 56 NCAA and pro games. So I've added up all his college, added up all his NFL games. Out of those 56 games, I want you to think about this during the break. You two pyromaniacs. Out of those 56 games that Winston has played at the collegiate and pro level, how many times has he failed to secure a touchdown? Think about that while you listen to this, and we'll be right back. All right, pyromaniacs, thanks for hanging with us. I want you to stop by pyromaniac.com. We're ramping up the content. Some of you perhaps are out of the playoffs. Well, if you want to keep that warm and fuzzy fantasy feeling going... Give Daily Fantasy a try. Every week, Pyro pulls out the Daily Do's and Don'ts article. And so much more. We're cranking out all kinds of content. But check out the Daily Do's and Don'ts where we give you fantasy advice from the daily perspective. That's Daily Fantasy and the Daily Do's and Don'ts at Pyromaniac.com. All right, before the break, I asked, Jameis Winston has played a total of 56 games from college and pro. How many times has he failed to secure a touchdown? How many games? Yeah, I, I heard about this, and so I think the number of failures is, like, ridiculously low. I, I'm going to guess that he has scored a touchdown in, like, 50 of 56. My friend, 55 of 56. Wow. There's yeah. only been one time, and that was December 11th, this past season, the first time he uh, failed to get a touchdown. That's amazing. Believe it or not. It is good. It's amazing, isn't it? I uh, for is <laughs> I'm going to say this with a fairly straight face. With some of the questionable decision making this young man has shown us, it's amazing. There's only one game that he's failed to secure a touchdown, and of course, his decision making. I'm talking about poor choices in the red zone and on-field decisions. But I couldn't believe it was only one. He is a Winston. I heard a, he was mic'd up one time. And he asked his, his guys, what's what's the name on the back of my jersey? Winston. That's right. I win a ton. 
and then they they kept going. But oh. yeah, it, was, it was pretty good. That's the kind of that's the kind of general you want, right? You you want a guy that's got a little flash and yeah, flash I, I think you really do. Yeah, that, I mean that gets guys fired up. Yeah, yeah, I want a guy that totally believes in himself as opposed to a guy that's you know flipping over his wristband. What play is this again? Uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. As much as I might have rolled my eyes when I heard that, <laughs> like on the field in the moment, you want that guy. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, let's get back down to the streaming. And uh, before we do, want to th- take this time to thank my boy D Rex for uh, filling in for me last week. I had bronchitis, was a bit under the weather, so D Rex took the reins. Uh, hopefully, we've got a returning audience because I know he played some clips from uh, Clarice Starling and Hannibal Lecter. Uh, scared off a few folks, perhaps, but that's what you get at Pyro, ladies and gentlemen. So thanks, D-Rex, for uh, keeping the lights on and keeping the Pyro light going and giving people what they wanted for week 15. We are in week 16, and we are talking the pick and flick section. So that means running backs and waiver wires, you can pick up off the waiver wire and flick into your lineup. Let's start with the running back spot. Uh, We've got 47 running backs that we're looking at. That means there are 47 running backs. I'm sorry, there are 47 running backs we're not looking at. There are 47 running backs that have ownership over 50%. So you got to toss those guys out. That's who we're picking from. For the running back spot, I've been keeping track of this as well. Through 15 weeks, I would have, if you listen to me, and a lot of times I'm picking more than one, I always do the aggregate. If you listen to me, through 15 weeks, you would have the eighth best running back. That's my second top 10 spot. I'm doing quite well. 216.28 points. We're using FF today for my PPR scoring. And boy, I got a few names listed here as well because I know, I know if you are in the championships, there's many of you that do need some help here. We don't have the crystal ball. We can't see everybody's lineup, but we're trying to give you as many names as possible. Who do you like, Josh, for the running back spot? Anybody grab your eye for week 16? Well, this is a guy that I have in my lineup this week, and uh, it's Ty Montgomery. So he's got a a tough matchup against the Vikings, but we did just see Frank Gore rush for over 100 Mm -hmm. yards against this team. So I, you know, with... With the sort of unconventional running game, and you know he certainly has pass catching ability. I I think I trust Ty Montgomery this week. Yeah, he's. I mean, last week was phenomenal. It, it's nice to see they are on board with him. You know that he started off very well once they they plugged him in back there, and then they kind of went away from him and they flirted with Starks. And uh, I just think they found a, a wheelhouse for him. They found what he's good at, and by God, let the man go. Uh, In nine games, he's got a floor of two catches coming out of the running back spot. So if you're playing in PPR, that uh, that's a nice little thing to bank on. I like Monty. I've got him written down as well. I'm going to temper my expectations against the Vikings, but you know they're toughest. The, the cornerbacks, it's the secondary where they're toughest. You know, coming out of the backfield, catching passes, he, he's not going to necessarily be going up against those guys. And, of course, running the ball, uh, they're not quite as bad as all that against the running back spot. So I think Ty Montgomery is a good one. My top pick, and, you know, I think he's going to be my only one because there are just so many. And, you know, it's Murphy's Law <laughs> that I will list several. And it's, it's, it always seems like 
the other guys I list are the ones that do the best, and somehow my my pick doesn't always. But I really think Deion Lewis has the best ceiling. He has the best ceiling out of all the guys I've got listed, in my opinion. The game script, this is the Patriots. Expected to score 29 points. No other team, according to Vegas, is going to score that many points. I want ownership of a team that's expected to score a lot. And I said it's going to favor the run because they're a 14 and a half point favorites. Yeah, it could favor the run. It certainly could. That game script, you would expect it. However, the Jets are a funnel D. They are very stout against the run and they invite you to pass because they're not good against the pass. So because they are so good, I could easily see them kind of using Deion Lewis uh, almost like they use Monty a little bit coming out of the backfield and really use him as their run game to get him away from that front seven, to get him out in space a little bit. They've been using him more and more, Deion Lewis, as he's come back the last three weeks now, last three weeks, the Jets have allowed the 10th most fantasy points to opposing backs. They're just starting to mail it in. They're not as tough as we all thought they were. They're not as tough as they were at the beginning of the season. And I can just see Brady as he's dropping back to pass. If indeed that defensive line gets in his face, throwing it over to Dion, catching balls out of the flat. I think he's got a great ceiling. I also like Mr. Forsett. Now, I know I've been a long lover of him in years past. Anyway, he's facing Kansas City. Denver has a red zone success rate of 47%. KC has nearly the worst defensive success rate. They are only successful stopping other teams 36% of the time. That's one of the worst in the league. So when they get in close, Denver should be able to get in and score. KC, they could be down two starting defensive linemen. On the season, the Chiefs have allowed the fifth most rushing yards to opposing backs. Now, Forsett, since joining the team, he's got two weeks. Since joining the team, if you look his comparisons versus Booker, he's outsnapped him 61-56. He's got more targets, 8 to six. He has more receptions, seven to four, rushing attempts, 16 to nine. All across the board, snaps, targets, receptions, uh, rushing attempts, four sets the winner. Now, if you do the math, that's an average of five more touches a game for four set. In the red zone, you ask, five to one in favor of Forsett. This is a floor play. Uh, don't get me any don't get me wrong. I know Forsett's not going to get you over the top. Uh, this is a band-aid. He, he's never really done much this season, but he's going to give you a guarantee he's going to get some touches. He's going to get you some receptions. It's a nice floor play and it, it's not Booker anymore. It's Forsett. Got a couple more guys listed here. Um, tell me what you think or if you've got any other names to add to the list, sir. Okay. I've got uh, Hightower. Now, last seven games, Hightower has out-snapped Ingram. Ingram's been banged up. Hightower's your goal line back. Now, again, uh, looking at the last seven games, Hightower has indeed more red zone looks than Ingram. This is more of a gamble because you're really banking on the goal line play. However, because this is one of the highest scoring games, expected scoring games of the week, you got to believe Drew Brees in the dome 
is going to be in red zone situations, and that's where I think they're going to give it to Hightower. I also like Sims. This is a PPR play. Facing New Orleans in the Dome, so this is the other side of that. If they are going to stay in this game, they, Tampa, are going to need to pass. You know, we know what Breeze can do at home. This game script is going to be heavily negative for Tampa Bay if they want to stay in it. Negative game script just means they're going to need to pass. Uh, They're going to have to start throwing before they get off the bus. Sims has been back for two games now. In that time, he has nine targets to Mr. Doug Martin's two. He's out catching them at a 3-1 to one clip. Uh, this game script, as I said, should favor the passing for the Bucks. And Now, when you adjust for schedules, 4-for-4 four four does, and I, I like their schedule-adjusted fantasy look. In PPR formats, the Saints coming at 29th against uh, PPR running backs. So what does that mean? If you were going to pick four teams to play a running back against in PPR formats, the Saints would be on that short list of Four. They've been ramping up his usage. Martin, uh, we've seen another season fall short. I think Sims is a decent play. My uh, uh, my last pick, who was uh, one of my guys last week who really worked out well, was Blow Powell. He was one of my two pick and flicks last week. This guy's just passing the eye test, and it's about time. It's about. It seems like fantasy owners have been talking about it all year. It's about time that the uh, coaching staff started to notice. In the last three weeks, only six teams are allowing more fantasy points to opposing running backs uh, than the Patriots. That's who the Jets are going to face. Powell, he was targeted 12 times last week. He led all running backs. Bilal Powell targeted the most, and he's going to see the Patriots, who are favored by over two touchdowns. They have to pass, and Powell is obviously a very big part of that. Patriots, they've allowed four touchdowns to running backs out of the backfield this season and allowed a total of 656 passing yards to opposing backs coming out of the backfield. Only six teams have allowed more passing yards to ball carriers, so everything's lining up real nice. The game script, his recent performance, the team he's going up against for Blau Powell to have a nice day. Boy, I almost talked myself into it. I might even go Powell and Deion Lewis. What do you think? Do you have any other names to to toss out there? Or what do you think between Forsett, Lewis, Hightower, Powell, Sims? I I think I would probably go Powell Powell over Hightower. And then Sims is interesting. I would put him still below those two. But I I think he's interesting because Doug Martin has just not been – the same since he came back and the running the ball as much as they have with Doug Martin not doing very well has really kind of dragged that offense down so I, I would like to see him switch it up and and start throwing the ball to Sims you know Sims was one of my guys I had two guys that I was singing the praises of Moncrief belief and Sims uh, I watched both of those guys you and I were talking beforehand I watched all of their targets, or all of their touches, I should say, last year. And Sims, I'm not kidding you, man. Sims had some of the most jaw-dropping plays I had seen. Some of the quickest feet. And it was like when his head turned, his feet simultaneously started to turn. I've never seen anything like it. It's like they were on a swivel. So as literally as soon as his head started to turn and his shoulders started to turn to make a cut, everything started to swivel. He had some of the fastest cuts in the uh, coming out of the backfield, I have ever seen. I love Sims. I'm loving that he's getting back uh, to peak form. 
Don't know if he's there yet to have him be my official call, but if you need him, I think he's a decent play. I said Deion Lewis I like for the ceiling. I do like the Montgomery play. It's a tough play against the Vikings. I like Forsett a lot, but boy, Powell. Pick Powell last week. I'm going to go ahead and go with him again. I got Deion Lewis and Powell for my two official running back pick and flicks. We've got wide receiver. Now, wide receiver. These puppies are owned. 52 are owned in NFL leagues at a ownership rate of 50% or more. So you got to toss 52 out. I am indeed top 10 here. If you were to take my advice, ninth best. So I'm top 10. Doing pretty well, Josh. Top 10 for quarterbacks, wide receivers, and running backs. 12th for defense and tight end. Now, wide receiver this week. I've got, there's quite a few plays. I've really only got three to talk about, but I got a couple names just to toss out there. Uh, Who do you like at the wide receiver spot? Week 16, pick and flick. Uh, One of the guys I really like this week is Pierre Garcon, who is 63% available. Uh, He isn't, he's, he's not getting targeted very far downfield. He's kind of been playing more of that short game, but uh, with you know the the Redskins facing against the the Bears who have a pretty decent pass rush, Cousins may need to get rid of the ball and, and Garcon may might be his release valve in this game. Especially you know if if Jordan Reed's out, he's going to need some more of that. So I like Pierre Garcon. Yeah, I've got Garcon written down as well. In the last seven games, he's secured a floor of at least five catches and fifty yards six times. That's some pretty safe numbers there. Five for 50, six out of the last seven games. He's been getting, racking up the double-digit numbers. He's facing Cravon LeBlanc, who he's been better lately, but he can be got for sure. I like our son. He's the most, it's not by much, but he is the most targeted Washington receiver in the last five weeks. It's close, but I like Garcon a lot as well. I also like Cole Beasley. Uh, Amazingly, he was available in 50% or more. He's facing Detroit's slot corner. Now, Detroit notoriously has Slay, who is, take you for a Slay ride, he is perhaps one of the better corners in the league. Their slot corner, well, they're down to their third one now, has been an issue all season long. They are on, as I said, Asa Jackson. He was third on the depth chart three weeks ago. Diggs went to IR three weeks ago. That bumped up Tavon Wilson, who has now had to move to safety for other reasons. So we're down to Asa Jackson going up against Cole Beasley. Pro football focus. They, of course, they they rank all the positions. Now, if you added up all the corners, you got a right corner, left corner, and a uh, slot. They've got 96 corners that are starting this week, 32 games. 96 corners. Out of all of those corners, not one gives up as many fantasy points per route run as Asa Jackson. He gives up 0.54 fantasy points per route run. That's who Cole Beasley is going to see. Now, granted, it's a smaller size, but like I say, this guy was buried on the depth chart only from injury and basically injury. He's getting his chance now, and that's who Cole Beasley's going to face. So I like him. I do have Garcon. I had him written down. I also have Inman written down. Now, I say this with some hesitation. I do like Inman. He's got a great matchup against Tremont Williams. Now, 
My fear, though, is because I have such Gates belief, and I'm going to talk about it later, I just have to believe when they get down in there, they're going to look for Gates to get that record. I've been saying this for about three weeks now, and it hasn't come to fruition yet, but that's my hesitation on Inman. But I do think he is a good play in a game that should uh, should be easily won by San Diego. We shall see. Facing Cleveland, though, teams can get up and down the field on Cleveland. So that's who Inman plays. I also have a few names written down here. Robbie Anderson, of course, has been doing very well lately. I think Meredith is a good play simply because uh, he's done well with Barkley. And Alshon might be covered a bit with Josh Josh Norman. Yep. And so I think that could leave Meredith. You've also got Lockett. Uh, I think he is a decent play there against Arizona, of course, depending on who he goes up against. I really think Baldwin's the best play there. And then Marquise Lee's been doing well. So just some names to toss out. Um, Certainly, I think Meredith would be my pick of those last ones. Cole Beasley's my official call, and I'm tempted to even throw Meredith out there. Do you have any other names, or what do you feel about the names I tossed out? Well, I, I like the the Inman pick a lot, and Beasley as well. Uh, the, you know, the, with Inman, I was going to say the problem is when you're playing Cleveland that there's no telling where the ball goes. They are they are yep. the opposite of the funnel defense. It could go anywhere and everywhere. Right. And then um, another name, I, I'm a little bit interested in Ted Ginn. You know, it's got that high over under this week. He's been he's been getting seven targets a game in his last four games. And he's been he's back to going downfield. So it, even yeah. if he drops four of those targets, I he just needs one or two. He's kind of a Deshaun Jackson, you know, deep, deep ball kind of a guy. So. He, he could yeah. be a what-the-heck flex type of a player. Oh, Nadia, I have been all over again. And, you know, we do for our, um, our subscription service. We've got the Pyro Pro. You can ask us opinions, second opinion questions. And I feel so bad. This uh, We had one guy, he's a great uh, service member. He wrote in, and I've been all over again. And Ginn has four touchdowns in his last five games. The one game he did not score a touchdown was when I told this guy to play Ginn. Uh, I feel terrible, but my God, he's, Ginn has been so great since their week eight bye. Seven targets a game. Leads all wide receivers on the team more than Calvin Benjamin. So I, too, think Ginn is a great play. I'm going to talk about him, uh, DFS. So you, sir, are of a like mind with me there. I definitely like Ginn. I really like Garcon as well. I think I'm going to go with those two, Cole Beasley and Garcon. I'm almost talking myself into Meredith, but uh, I'm going to stick with the two, Garcon and Cole Beasley. For my two official pick and flicks, you threw out uh, again as well, and we mentioned Inman, who you like, Robbie Anderson, Lockett, Marquise Lee. All right, Uh, that leaves us now with the DFS. And before we get there, let's pause for commercial number two. And before we get there, we got trivia uh, number two. So, the Dallas Cowboys, they have themselves a nice new shiny quarterback. And if you add up all of Dak's road losses from high school to now, how many road losses does Dak Prescott have? You think about that, and we will be right back. All right, 
Pyromaniacs, we are getting ready for our DFS segment, and we already know that you love playing fantasy. So we know that you want to play some DFS over on Draft. Draft is a simple daily fantasy app where you can do snake drafts just like the ones you do at the beginning of your season-long leagues. You can do drafts whenever you want. They only last one day and take minutes to complete. On Draft, you can play for free, or better yet, you can play for money. Get this, your chances of winning on Draft are over 200% better than the other major DFS sites. I've been using Draft for a while now. I've got Gates, because I know I think he's going to break that record. Uh, I picked him up this week. I got Breeze and Michael Thomas as well. I was able to get it on Draft. So join me over there. When you download Draft, be sure you enter the promo code Pyro. Now, here's how you got to do it. When you start your account, you can go to playdraft.com or you can download the app. When you start your account, they're going to ask you for a promo code. You got to enter it in right at the beginning. That's P-Y-R-O. If you enter that promo code, when you start your account, you're going to get a 100% deposit matching bonus. Make sure you download Draft now and I will see you there. All right. Trivia question number two. Was the Dallas Cowboys have themselves a nice, shiny quarterback in Dak Prescott? We've added up his road losses from high school, college, pros. How many road losses does he have as a starting quarterback? You know, I, I did some quick math here, and I figure he's played in about 70, 72 of these road games over his career. So I, I it, it, he must be pretty good for this to even be a question. So I'm going to guess 10. 10 road losses. The man has four road losses since his freshman year. Uh, that's crazy. Four. I know. Four road losses. Thirty. He's 39 and four is uh, his total. That's amazing, right? Some of these guys just, that's all they've known is winning, winning, yeah. winning. Yeah, they've and just been God. giants their whole life. God bless them. And, uh, boy, Dallas, they have lucked out. You know, we do uh, some some cool stuff in the offseason. We were talking a little bit about it, but when the draft gets going, we have a uh, NFL longtime draft analyzer in Dave T. Thomas. He's been an NFL uh, talent evaluator and, and scout for ages. Started when he was 14 working for the Oakland Raiders. Dave T, he loved Dak this summer, and I can certainly see why, because Dallas, they fell into that one. So God bless them down there in Texas. All right, we got the DFS segment now, and if more and more people are playing as more and more are out of the championship, and I've been doing well on DFS. I, I'm really liking it, liking it more and more the more I win. Now, you got to chart it a little different. With DFS, I play DraftKings for the most part. I also do Draft. I also do FanDuel. I dabble here and there. But for the most part, I do DraftKings. Now, next year, I might come up with a different system. But essentially, on DraftKings, if you score 3x value, you're going to probably place in the money. You get $50,000. If you score 150 points, you're probably going to be playing in the money. Now, if you score 4x value, you you know could likely be taking down a giant tournament. But 3x value is really the line of demarcation. That's what you're shooting for. Anybody can start, if I just counted points, well, I'd start, you know, Antonio Brown every week and I'd be awesome doing on points. But that's not how it works. And it's a little trickier, too, because you're real high-end guys. You know, 10,000, boy, maybe you're going to score 
2x value, 2.5x value. Your real low-end guys, 3,000, 4,000, maybe you're going to score 4 or 5x value. Average it all out. Again, $50,000 is what you get on DraftKings. If you score 150 points, that is 3x value. That's what you're shooting for. So 3x is what I'm going for on quarterbacks. Uh, I had a really good run earlier this season. I had nine straight quarterbacks that all went for over 3x value. On the year right now, I'm at 3.13 for my quarterback picks. Doing well there. I don't have as many quarterback picks. I usually try to get about you know 30%, 33% and try to shoot for three. Maybe I'll have 25% ownership and shoot for four quarterbacks, depending on how many games I'm playing. I've got three right now. And boy, I think I've got to go with two for my official picks um who do you like for your quarterbacks in dfs uh, you know thinking cash game here i i really like drew Brees at home yeah. against tampa so you know that tampa defense they came on for a while and had some good games but but then we saw them sort of get picked apart by Dak prescott last week um on the season they're allowing the eighth most points to qbs and and everybody's aware of the drew Brees home road split he's at yeah. home this week I, I I just when Drew Brees is at home, I don't know if it get gets much better than that for your cash lineup. Yeah, no, I heard you say you play. Is that all you play is cash? You know, I I like the quarter GPPs. Yep. <laughs> especially I'm in one, I'm in find, one this week. Yeah. Especially if I can find one that's like kind of a a small field and and pays a, a high percentage of the field. Yep. That that's as that's as big a tournament as I go. One thing that's helped me out this year is I, I we can go into this more in the off season talking to TJ Hernandez, but uh, what is it the eighty twenty ten rule basically that uh, you spend eighty percent of your weekly allotment or okay so eighty twenty ten you're spending about ten percent of your total bankroll in a given week of that ten percent of your total bankroll you want to have about at least eighty percent into cash and twenty percent into GPP now the way I do it I'm a little bit more heavy in the GPP, but usually, as long as I take down my cash, I'm going to be in the red. So there are certainly weeks when, boy, in Chicago, it was, uh, who was, oh, Seattle. If Jimmy Graham had scored two, or ran for two more yards, I had a $200 swing. I lost by point one eight or something but for the most part for the most part if uh, i do well in cash i'm gonna do well finish in the black that's what i like to keep it that's the 80 20 10 rules really done me well this season so i still get to dabble in the gpp which is kind of fun you know you want to win the big money uh but certainly cash is where it's at if you want to actually make something out of this i too have breeze written down now i smell some revenge here tampa week 14 if we were to fire up the flex capacitor Get going 88 miles per hour. Drew Brees, this was his lowest fantasy day of the season. Week 14. However, the, he did not have Michael Thomas in that game. I think that's going to be a big difference. Michael Thomas, I really like this week. He's going up against Vernon Hardgraves the third, who is very easy uh, to take advantage of. Brees is averaging 22 DraftKings points at home. Or I'm sorry, 22 DraftKings points this month. And that's counting two of the poorest games, week 13 and 14. We know, like you said, what he's done at home. And it's not like you can't get it done against Tampa. Heck, Derek Carr hung 500 yards on him. So I like Drew Brees. I also like Matt Ryan. 8,100 on FanDuel, 7,200 on DraftKings. So Matt Ryan is 200 less than Drew Brees. 
both of these guys playing in big-time games, both games expected to go over 50 points. Matt Ryan facing Carolina. I think I mentioned their starting defensive end, Charles Johnson, could very well be out again, giving Matt Ryan a bit more breathing room. I think that could play into his favor. In their previous meeting, Matt Ryan, when he met Carolina this year, passed for over 500 yards and four touchdowns. 17 career games versus Carolina. The man has 26 TDs. He even has a rushing TD to bring that total up to 27, and he averages 270 yards a game. So I really like Matt Ryan in this one. Drew Brees, those are my two official picks. I have a third quarterback because I usually like to play a few. Blake Bortles, he's only 5,000 on DraftKings, 6,200 on FanDuel. Home to the Titans. Talked a little bit about him earlier. Now, if you look at Pyros, positional points against. We've got uh, our boy Lytics, who has been doing a fantastic job on some of his charts. Quick shout out. We got such a great crew. OC, Lytics, PK Ripper. Of course, uh, my boys Deanie and Stags, D Rex. We got Heartbeat, who has just been doing phenomenal on the news feeds. K Mills giving you the injury updates. Louis Mack has been on board. Uh, I know there's guys that I'm missing. Please forgive me. And, of course, the Archer on the Heat Index. Proud to say our algorithm, uh, that's where we are doing our rankings. Stag Party's own rankings. He's been top 10 in Fantasy Pros numerous times this year. But the Archer, whose baby is the our algorithm, uh, that's our rankings formula. We were top 10 on Fantasy Pros last week. That is just getting better and better. We're going to tweak it this summer. All at the hands of Mr. Buck Archer, doing a fantastic job. Now, using Lytics chart, the positional points against, the Titans are giving up the second most fantasy points to opposing quarterback ones. Now, when you adjust for schedule, heck, they rank 32nd, so dead last when you adjust for schedule. Cody Kessler, Andrew Luck, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Barkley. All have scored over 20 fantasy points against the Titans. One more name. Blake Bortles himself, in their last meeting earlier this season, went over 20 fantasy points with 337 yards and three touchdowns. He even gave you 22 on the ground. So I think Bortles can get it done again against the Titans. Barkley, uh, I'm sorry, Matt Ryan and Drew Brees are my official calls, but I'm even going to dabble with the little Bortles, but Brees and Ryan are my official picks. Moving over to the running back spot. If you were to look in the rear view mirror, uh, I'm at 3.4x value thus far. Last week, I had a heck of a week, went with Freeman and McCoy for my official picks, and they were running back number one and number two. So, uh, got a lot of guys written down here. Josh, who are you liking at the running back spot in DFS? Uh, it's going to be pretty hard for me to pass up on LaShawn McCoy this week. Yeah. You know, and he's he's fairly expensive, 9100 on FanDuel and 9000 on on DraftKings. But he's playing the Dolphins, who seem to be especially susceptible to pass-catching backs. Uh, in the past two weeks, they've, they've been beaten by Bilal Powell and David Johnson, who both had about 80 yards on the ground. And then one had, you know, 41 and David Johnson had 78 through the air. And then back going back another week, Terrence West had a rushing and a receiving touchdown. So McCoy is getting all of the volume of your Lev Bell or your David Johnson. 
and he's just a tick less expensive. So that that's my number one pick for that position. Yeah, I've got McCoy written as well. McCoy, lo- looking at uh, our TPW chart, top positional weeks from Pyro, eight top 10 finishes this season, nine top 12 finishes for McCoy. And like you say, uh, Miami, he could really get it done there. Warm weather team going to a cold weather place. And Miami, looking at football outsiders, uh, when a back gets to the second level, you know, linebackers, no team is allowing more second level yards than Miami. That's one thing that McCoy excels at. Bust him through the hole and get into that second level. So I think he can do some damage. I too like him. You know, those were my guys from last week. McCoy, I've got Freeman written down as well. Freeman, a bit of a price saver, 7,800 FanDuel, 7,100 on DraftKings, on the road to Carolina. Now, Freeman, 59 red zone looks. So we're talking uh, attempts and targets. 59 red zone looks, second only to David Johnson. You've got the Julio question. He's going to play, it looks like, but, you know, he's certainly questionable. That's his official tag. Gabriel, questionable. You know, Aldrick Robinson, maybe he steps up. What about Sanu? Well, you got all these guys. I'm going to just stick with Freeman and Matt Ryan because I think we've all seen Freeman get it done. Running the ball, catching the ball. This is one of those high-scoring games, and I think at 7,100 on DraftKings, it's a nice way to get exposure to potential shootout. So. I, too, have McCoy written. I've got Freeman written. I've got Mr. DeMarco Murray. 8,400 on FanDuel, 7,000 on DraftKings. Last time he faced the Jags, 123 rushing yards and a touchdown. Jacksonville's given up five rushing TDs in the last five weeks. And we've seen big bruisers like Murray do it against him before. Murray, I already said, he had 123 rushing yards and a TD earlier this year. McCoy. 103 and 2. Lamar Miller averaged 5.5 against him. Melvin Gordon over 101. Their power ranking, once you get to the second level, is 30th. They're, I'm sorry, their their power ranking. That's short yardage. They are 30th. So boy, when you need a touchdown or a first down. They rank 30th, and so I like DeMarco Murray once they get in the red zone, beating it in there. I just hope he can fend off the rookie uh, from cannibalizing him. Don't like to see that too much, but looking at Pyro's TPW chart, I mentioned this for McCoy. Murray is a top 12 back 79% of the time. That's tied for number one, right up there with David Johnson. So Murray's a great call as well. All right, so still not sure who my official picks are going to be for DFS running back, but we've thus far both agreed with McCoy, and then I tossed out DeMarco Murray and Mr. Freeman. Got a few other names written, so uh, let me just start off with Jonathan Stewart, 5,200 DraftKings, 6,400 FanDuel, facing Atlanta. Carolina at home, expected to score north of 25 points. Carolina Panthers, one of the highest red zone success rates, over 54%. Jay Stu, eight touchdowns inside the opponent's five-yard line and ninth most total red zone rushing attempts. This game is going to be lots of scoring. They're going to be in the red zone. And I like Jay Stu for that very reason. 
I've got two others. One I'm going to go with, and then I'll hear from you, because I think this one's decent. Nobody's going to cringe at this, but Ajahi, 6,600 DraftKings, 6,700 FanDuel, facing the Bills. The Bills is one of the reasons I targeted them last week, because they give up so much to opposing running backs. It was successful last week. I think it's going to be successful with Ajahi. The weather could call for more runs. Buffalo has allowed seven, count them, seven like the Dwarves, seven multiple rushing touchdown days to opposing backs. The Bills are allowing the sixth most rushing yards per game. They've given up 19 rushing TDs, second most in the league. I think Ajahi gets back up on his horse against a very soft rush defense. Got one more to pull for you guys, but uh, before I do, Josh, you, you got another running back that you like maybe in a cash game. Yeah, I, th- I think Jordan Howard could be in for a good week. The uh, The Redskins have the 26th rushing defense by DVOA, and they're allowing the fourth most fantasy points to the position. Uh, as, a, as a whole, you know, if you take all of the, like, committee backs and put them into one guy, they've allowed 23.6 points to running backs as a whole each week, according to to FF today. And then you've got Jordan Howard, who really isn't sharing much work in that, in that backfield. He gets 74% of his team's running back touches. So, you know, you're going to be concentrating all of those points that they're giving up. And, and you know, I, I'm a little bit worried about game script because I, I just feel like, you know, there's going to be a lot of passing in that game, a lot of scoring. But it's it doesn't really seem like Howard has gotten game scripted out of too many of these games. You know, last week they had a, a high scoring close game against the Packers and he did fine. Yeah, in cash especially, he's been one of the the safer backs to go to, and that's exactly what you want in cash games. I mean, geez, just looking at his game scripts here since the bye. 100 yards, 77, 84, 117, 86, 90. Four touchdowns in that span before the bye. He had three games over 100 rushing yards. He's been a really safe, consistent play. And like you say, nearly every week he's registering a catch or two. That's going to give you some added points if you're playing on DraftKings, not as much on FanDuel. I love the Jordan Howard play. I've been riding him in my cash week in, week out uh, to success. My last call, I hesitate to say this, but Todd Gurley is probably too expensive to even mention, but 7,900 FanDuel, 6,500 DraftKings. Again, last week led me to my number one and number two uh, running backs of the of the week with McCoy and Freeman. They were going up against, if memory serves me, the Bills in San Francisco. I like Ajahi because they're going. he's going up against the Bills. I like Gurley because he's going up against San Francisco. 49ers have allowed a league-high 22 double-deuce rushing touchdowns. They've allowed a league-high 5 yards per carry. Now, I said the Bills have allowed 7 multi-rushing TD days. Well, the 49ers take the cake because they've allowed 8 multi-rushing TD days. And that's who Gurley's going to face. Didn't do so well his first time round, but I honestly think new coach there... We know he has the talent, just doesn't have the team. Maybe without Fisher, he can scrape something together if there was ever a time. If the stars ever aligned, this is the team he's going to do it against. 
DraftKings 6,500, I think he could be in play. I'm going to have very small ownership because he is going to be a, a risk, but it's definitely a GPP play. He's not a cash play, but if you want to differentiate yourself in a tournament with a reasonably high success because he's playing San Francisco, I think Gurley could be the guy. Looking at my picks, though, I am, you know, I'm going to kind of go a cash play, I think, and a GPP play. I do really like Joho, uh, your call. I think, however, if I was going GPP to differentiate, I'd take a Jahi. So I'm marking that one down for sure. And I'm going to stick on the Freeman train, I think. I'm going with that versus Carolina. He's just getting it done in so many ways in the red zone. Every which way it comes, he's getting it. And I like this game script for him, for Freeman. So Freeman Ajahi, those are my two official running backs. Now, before we move on over, did did you have anyone else that no, you wanted I, to I talk about? I would just about? say that it, at the beginning of the season, you know, we were really worried about, like, Tevin Coleman and who's it going to be, and they're going to be splitting games, and it's going to be this Jeremy Hill, Gio Bernard thing. Yep. And I don't know if Coleman is still not really healthy or what, but it's it seems to be Freeman's job. It, Coleman is supplemental at this point, so yeah, I, I would I would second the 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 Freeman support there. Yeah, and with you know I want a piece of action here. You know, with uh, Matt Ryan, you're going to get it, but with wide receiver, it, it's just you know somebody's going to go off, and it seems to me you're going to have exposure to a higher percentage or a greater chance of touchdowns with Freeman because he gets it done over the ground and over the air where it's kind of a crapshoot if you're just going for one of those wide receivers so I really like the Freeman play uh, for that reason and like you say he's really been the man there in Atlanta before we uh, continue this DFS crazy train let's test uh, the synapses see how those puppies are firing we got trivia number a three. Now, there's one running back, Uno, that leads all others with carries inside the opponent's 20, inside the opponent's 10, and inside their opponent's 5. So we're talking all over the red zone here. Which running back leads all others with red zone attempts? Think about that while you listen to this, and we'll be right back on the Pyro Light Fantasy Football Podcast. All right, Pyromaniacs, thank you for kicking it with us today here, entering week 16 on the Pyro Light Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 58. I am Pyromaniac Moon, I am Pyromaniac Mo, and I am here with Josh Crocker. You can give him a follow at J-C-C-R-O-C-K-E-R. And before we get your answer, Josh... Going to pay the bills here and let folks know that fantasy sports fans are winning huge cash prizes every day at DraftKings.com, America's favorite place to play daily fantasy sports. Daily fantasy means no season-long commitments. Play whenever you want. Pick your sport. Draft your team. It's like a new season every time you play, so you're never stuck with the same old guys. Over $1 billion, that's with a B, will be won at DraftKings.com this year, and you could be the next big winner. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter the promo code PYRO. P-Y-R-O. All new users will receive a deposit matching bonus for up to 600 bucks, and you get a free $3 game voucher that's on DraftKings.com. Promo code PYRO. All right, before the break, I asked about 
the number one red zone back. He leads all others with attempts inside the 20, the 10, the 5. Which running back is it, sir? I would guess Ezekiel Elliott. Well, well, well. Mr. LeGarrette Blunt. Oh, I went past his name. I thought about it. Yeah, that makes sense. LeGarrette Blunt takes the honors. Now, he's tied with Melvin Gordon for 50 attempts inside the 20. LeGarrette Blunt has 30 inside the 10. David Johnson has 28. And inside the 5, he and three others have 17. David Johnson, Melvin Gordon, and Matt Asiata. Honestly yeah. enough. Oh. So the, the Asiata name was curious, but yeah, this has really been a blunt year. He's been just a beast to to own once they get down close, and that's something with Brady. They get down close an awful lot. All right, DFS, man, we, we covered the quarterback. We covered the running back, so let's talk wide receiver. Looking in the rearview mirror, as I said, 3X is uh, what I'm shooting for. Now, with again, with wide receiver, it's a little different, right? Yeah. Of course, you want to get 3x value, but you got more that you're playing on DraftKings. You're probably playing four uh, with the flex spot. And again, you got so many. If you're playing those high-end guys, usually, you know, if you're spending 10000 you want every guy to score about twenty. So a lot of times, high-end guys, you're hoping for 2 to 2x value. So wide receiver, chances are it's going to be a little lower. I am indeed a little lower. Not at my 3x. I'm at 2.4. Still think I'm doing okay. That's through 15 weeks, 40 total players I've selected. Uh, let's talk wide receiver this week. Lots to play. Who do you like wide receiver in the cash games for DFS? Well, for for just your your cash guy that you got to play, I think you've got Antonio Brown at home. He's he's not cheap. He's 8,300 on FanDuel and 8,200 on on DraftKings, which really isn't terrible for Antonio Brown, but. It, I think I think you got to put him in. He's playing against Baltimore, which um, their their secondary is nothing to see, sneeze at. But the run D really is the strength of that defense. And if we're going to believe that that they're going to be able to hold Le'Veon Bell to something like a a floor day, then it makes sense to me that the Browns going to see just that much more activity. The last time these two teams played each other, he was targeted eleven times had seven catches for 85 and a touchdown. So, you know, he's Antonio Brown. Yeah, he's A.V., you can't go wrong with him, especially when he's at home, like you said. Uh, that's a good one. I guess my highest-end guy, looking at price, I'm I'm probably spending up. Now, I said my, my picks were Ajahi for GPP Freeman. But I, I'm certainly going to have my fair share of a McCoy and a Murray and some of the higher-priced running backs. And if you're going to do that, you got to spend cheap somewhere else. And I've got some price savers for you at the uh, wide receiver spot. But I'm going to go down the list. My most expensive guy is not too bad, Michael Thomas. I do love me some MT this week with Drew Brees. It's a great stack. Michael Thomas, 6,900 FanDuel, just 6,000 on DraftKings. We all know Drew Brees is a killer at home. Michael Thomas is at well. Uh, he 70% catch rate on the road. 84% of passes thrown his way. He's hauling in when he's under the dome. Indeed, he is this week. One of three games to target that has an expected total of over 50. I am all over this game. Home to Tampa. Looking at Pyro Pro's own positional points against chart. 
versus wide receiver number ones. Tampa is giving up the sixth most fantasy points. One reason for that, Vernon Hodgraves third. Unquestionably, he is one of the worst corners in the game. Week in, week out. This guy seems to be getting tagged. That's who Michael Thomas is going up against. I think Breeze is going to pick him apart. Michael Thomas was not there two weeks ago. That's going to be the difference, and Breeze is going to have a game with him. Any other wide receivers that you like this week? Yeah. What do you think about DeAndre Hopkins? I mean, Savage came I've got him written down. 17 targets. I I have a cash game with DeAndre Hopkins in it because I don't think he stopped being good at football. I think that for no. you know he just wasn't getting the targets, and we saw it in the first half of last year. If you know if you just pour it on this guy, he can produce. I've got him written down. Well said. He doesn't stop being good at football, and very much like with Ginn, average depth of target. Ginn's average depth of target has grown like it did at the uh, last year. It's grown in the last two months, and Ginn is playing better again. Last week with Savage, average depth of target grew under Brock Asswiper. It was bottom of the barrel. I mean, I think it was like five, six yards or something. It was horrifically bad. He just wasn't, he can't throw deep, not with accuracy. Can't. That's why the, the Houston tight ends were doing so well. I like Hopkins. I don't know if I'm ballsy enough to play him in cash. I certainly would pick him up DF in uh, GPP. 5,200 on DraftKings. That's a steal for a guy of his caliber. 17 targets last week. Uh, and I believe once Savage came in, I did the math on myself, but I came up with about 47% of the team target share once Savage got in, went to Hopkins. So where there are targets, the fantasy points shall come. I like the call. I like it particularly in a GPP play. I mentioned Mike. Oh, go for it. Would you got something else? Just not often can you buy 17 targets for $5,200 on DraftKings. No, it's a fantastic deal. And I think, I really think he's going to do far, he's going to become more recognizable with Savage under center than whatever it was we saw with Mr. Asswiper. I got Michael Thomas, who I called as my official. Uh, I've got four because I'm going to start one at the flex spot. We talked about him earlier, so I'm going to toss him out now. Uh, Ted Ginn, he is not my top choice, but just because we brought him up earlier, only 4,500. 4,500 on DraftKings, 4,800 on FanDuel. Uh, I talked a little bit about it already, but four touchdowns in the last five games. He has five straight double-digit DraftKings games. Last four games, He only fell below 50 receiving yards once. Of course, I think that was the game I recommended him. That bastard. Uh, Since their week eight bye, Carolina, his seven targets a game leads the team, leads all wide receivers, I should say. I didn't check Olsen. Leads all wide receivers. So since the week eight bye, he is getting more targets than Kelvin Benjamin on a per-game basis. Ginn is the man in Carolina, and they're home to Atlanta. It's going to be a shootout, and... He's going to match up against Jalen Collins, who is Carolina's highest-graded corner. I know Jalen Collins is good. However, he was injured week 14, did not play last week, and it looks as though he's going to miss. 
Keep your eye on that one, because I really think Ginn's going to have a great game. I'm playing him for sure, but if Collins is out, I really like Ginn. Um, Ginn I could own far more of if indeed that Collins. I think that's going to be the key to this one. If Collins is out, Ginn is your man. I still have him marked down regardless, although I do have a sneaky what you talking about Willis play that I could flop out for Ginn. Stay tuned. Got some more to talk about, but uh, anyone else that you got on your radar? Uh, a wide receiver, I think I think that pretty much covers what I'm doing this week. What about two more? Mr. Baldwin, 7,000, FanDuel, 6,000, DraftKings, home to Arizona. Now, for Baldwin, it's his lowest price on DraftKings, 6,000, in over a month. Uh, in his first game against Arizona, Baldwin led all wide receiver targets with nine. In the Cardinals, they've been susceptible to slot players. 11 targets to Sneed last week. Landry had 103, uh, 103 yards the week before. I think Baldwin can get it done against Arizona. I also really like Malcolm Mitchell. 5,200 on DraftKings, 61 on FanDuel. This is a very cheap way to get exposure to Tom Brady and the Patriots. The Patriots have the highest implied team total of 29 in the last eight weeks. Malcolm Mitchell leads all Patriot wide receivers in the red zone. In fact, in the last five games, he's been targeted every game in the red zone at least once. So Brady is going to him when they get in close, and you know that's something they do in New England. Now looking at Pyro's own positional points against Chart versus wide receiver number twos, the Jets are giving up the third most fantasy points. Now, the Jets, they have allowed, in five weeks, five touchdowns. They have allowed one running back receiving touchdown in the last five weeks. And when you look at the tight end spot, they've surrendered five tight end touchdowns in the last five weeks. So for those of you playing along at home, in the last five weeks, they've given up 11 passing touchdowns. Malcolm Mitchell is getting used far more than people want. Great way to get exposure to Brady in what is expected to be the highest scoring game this week. Malcolm Mitchell, 5,200 DraftKings. So that's wrapping it up. I'm going to say Malcolm Mitchell for sure, Baldwin for sure, Michael Thomas for sure. Then I got an asterisk with Ginn. If indeed Jalen Collins is out, I'm going again. If not, I've got a what you talking about Willis play coming up. Now I will tweet out this as the game approaches, but of course, if you are a Pyro Pro, you will get all of this in the news feeds. I, I try to update my official picks on the news feeds and let you know who is out and who is in. So, right now I'm going again, Mitchell, Baldwin, Thomas. We got a sneaky little play, cheap play coming up soon. Before we turn to that, though, we got to deal with two more. We got a tight end spot. So, looking in the rear view mirror. 3.2. So I'll take that. 3.2 at the tight end. I've only got two I'm going to talk about. Who do you like, Mr. Josh Cracker? One guy that I really like at tight end this week is Delaney Walker. You know, he's playing against the Jags. Um, he's he's priced, I forgot to say, on FanDuel, 6400 And on DK, he's only $4,300, which I feel like is is a really good deal. In fact, I, I like that price so much that I might... I might play Delaney instead of like a really low priced wide receiver in the flex yeah. spot. Yeah. So he's getting over six targets a game. Um, the, the tie the I'm sorry, the Jags just gave up a, a decent game to Ryan Griffin, who was playing without CJ Fedorowicz. He had, I think 85 yards in that game. 
Uh, before that, we saw Rudolph have 60 yards and a touchdown. And the last time Delaney faced the Jags, he had 75. So Delaney Walker is a really good option for you. Maybe even as more than just the tight end. Could, could be a cheap flex. I like that he's a huge part of that offense. And like you say, if you couple up two tight ends, throw him in at the flex, get another one of the two tight ends I'm going to mention, you're going to have some exposure. You're going to be able to get exposure to some really nice high-end guys to uh, upsell your lineup. So the two guys I'm looking at, uh, one we've pretty much already talked about, I believe. I, I teased it earlier. I said he's the poster boy of this show. He's the image of our show. That's uh, Mr. Brait, 3,900 on DraftKings, 56 FanDuel. I already said this, but in the last three weeks, Brait has been targeted just as much as Evans, which astounded me. Not only that, he's been targeted more in the red zone and actually has, or I'm sorry, just as much in the red zone, but has more catches and more touchdowns, more touchdown production in the red zone. Brait over Evans. Now, again, this game script Facing New Orleans, one of the games I talked about at the top because I want to get guys in it. This is one of those games. Bray, it's a cheap way to get involved in this game. It's a nice cash play. My other one, I've been singing this song for weeks now. Antonio Gates, 5,400 Fandle, 44 DraftKings. Goodness gracious, this record has to happen. I, I I can't believe they've been stringing it along. Rivers talked about it at the onset of the season, how he wanted to get it for him. I mean, just think, if Gates gets it, Rivers' name is in the history books. He's the quarterback that threw him all the touchdowns. So you know Rivers wants to get it to him for his own legacy. Plus, they're buddies. He, he wants to get it done. He's just two away from the all-time tight end. Touchdown record. So to me, it's going to stand to reason he's got a multi-TD game coming. And heck, once he gets those two, once he's tied, well, heck, why not go ahead and give him a third so he can get it all by himself? So I, I think he has the most tight end upside this week by far. And he's facing Cleveland. If you were looking for a team to use your tight end against, Cleveland is right up there. Looking at Pyrozone, positional points against chart, tight end number ones, they give up the third most fantasy points. Gates and Brait, I'm doing a double tight end start there. I'm calling both. I don't know if I could actually get that in my lineup. If I did, I'd have to drop Ginn. As I said, stay tuned because I might have a, a pick, but I like the Gates and Bray. I'm, I like them so much, I'm going to officially call them both. Now, anyone else to mention, or do you want to look at defense? You know, I would just real quickly say I, Charles Clay is worth is worth a play in your in your DFS lineups. I, I think, it, you know, he's at $4,500 on FanDuel, only 3200 on DraftKings. And if he if he gets a touchdown and just a few yards, I feel like he makes value there. He he could work out for you. Yeah, we uh, we we talked about it earlier, but that's a good thing to mention. Just because I've got a guy in DFS, or just because we talk about a guy in uh, streaming, it's interchangeable. Doesn't mean just because we talk about one and one, you, that's the only place he can play. So I like Bray in both. Bray's available in fifty percent of leagues, so I think he's a great streamer. Heck, if Gates is available in streaming, got to grab him too, but he's not available in 50%. Thus, we didn't talk about him, but it's not like you are stuck. So, yeah, you, you mentioned him a little bit earlier. 
And I think Clay could be a nice play. As we said, he's got that baby on the brain, been doing well in a bit of a bit of a revenge game. And he's talking about touchdown regression. He's due for as many looks as he's been getting. Doesn't have the touchdowns. They should come. That should regress to the mean. We've got defense. I already spoiled this one a bit, but defense. I read it uh, prematurely. So for tight end, just to clarify on the season, I'm at 3.2x value defense. That's where I'm hurting. 2.25 is where I'm at. I got three defensive plays this week. Who do you like, Josh? Uh, to talk about a defense that we haven't we haven't talked about much yet, I think that the Giants in Philadelphia <laughs> could could be a good play. You know, over the last five weeks, uh, Philadelphia has allowed 13 sacks. They're, if the team facing the Eagles were a unit unto themselves, the defense facing the the Eagles, they would be top team. They would be top ten in sack rate. So under that pressure, Wentz has thrown seven picks, and we've they've thrown in two other fumbles. You know, just to to help fuel your defense. Uh, Philly is not a high powered offense at all. They're they're sixteenth in the league, scoring twenty two points per game. I just against a what is turning into a very good Giants defense. I I really like them this week. All right, not bad. I've got three, as I said, written down. Patriots, I think, are a slam dunk. Thirty six hundred DraftKings, five thousand Fanduel. Home to the Jets. They're the Jets. They've they've thrown it in. Doesn't matter who's quarterback, and they they, they turn the ball over. No matter who's under center, they lead the NFL with 22 interceptions. Petty. Last three games, two touchdowns, five interceptions. Uh, most of this team's packed it in. The Jets have surrendered 32 sacks on the season. Patriots supposed to kill them, which means they're going to be forced to throw, forced to push the ball down the field, which should mean more errors, uh, more for the defense to capitalize on. Going down from there, I got two defenses, roughly the same price, 4,900 FanDuel, 3,400 DraftKings, both these guys. I think we've talked about them. The Titans against the Jags, man. They're, he's facing Bortles, second most interceptions on the season, 16 last five weeks. The Jags given up the fourth most fantasy points to opposing defenses, Jags have allowed three defensive touchdowns in the last uh, six. So, you know, Bortles likes those picks in six. The Titans can get it done. I also like the Chargers, which we've talked about. Traveling to Cleveland, Browns, again, getting banged up behind that line. RG3 still rusty, perhaps still a liability. Last five weeks, no team has given up more fantasy points to opposing defenses than the Browns. Indeed, the Browns have given up 23 sacks in the last four games alone. That's who the Chargers go up against. Chargers, Titans are a little bit cheaper, but honestly, for 200 bucks more, I like the Patriots. They're my official call. Now, I do believe before we wrap this puppy up, we've got one more trivia. So strap on the hat, folks. Here we go. Similar to Blunt, which he was the answer to trivia question number three, he was a red zone running back. There is one wide receiver that leads all others with targets inside the 20 and targets inside the 10. Which wide receiver leads all others with red zone targets? We will be right back with that answer on the Pyro Light Podcast. Stay with us. All right, folks. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, be sure to check out 
As I alluded to earlier from Mr. Archer, the Pyro Heat Index. He and Stags have been hard at work creating the index. We were top 10 on Fantasy Pros last week using our algorithm that is the Pyro Heat Index, and we are getting better and better. Check it all out, pyromaniac.com. That is the Pyro Heat Index. That's our ranking system. All right, I said there is a wide receiver that leads all others, of course, with red zone targets inside the 20 and inside the 10. Which wide receiver is it? What do you think, Josh? You know, my first instinct would have been to go Mike Evans because that's just kind of his game. But knowing that he's not even the most targeted right, in the red right. zone on his team, good, good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Rashard Matthews. It is indeed Green Bay's own Jordy Nelson. Oh, yeah. That, that, okay, that makes sense. Jordy Nelson, 27 inside the 20. Amazingly, Brandon Marshall was second with 21. Talk about oh, some yeah. touchdown. Touch Can I just say that I love yeah. that Jordy has like added this to his game because what I remember of Jordy was like the 70-yard touchdown. Right. And now he's got the old man red zone moves where he doesn't he doesn't really have to be fast. He can just lose you, you know. It's just I just I like him as a player. Well, he's, he's taken over that uh James Jones role the years past kind of a, a Cobb in 2014 and uh James Jones last year were getting a lot of those red zone looks and and Jordy, yeah, he's uh He's elevated his game or expanded his game as he's getting up there in age. He really has. He's not just like the burner anymore. He He's finding new ways to get it done. He seems like a guy that might be good for for a while. Yeah, 27 inside the 20 and uh, inside the 10 he has 14. Uh, there are two wide receivers that are tied for second. Inside the 10, Larry Fitzgerald and Emmanuel Sanders get honorary mention here. All right, we've got just a little bit left we have indeed a few fun plays sort of we've got uh the stack so let's talk about a couple of guys that you're going to stack whether it's a game stack a, a team stack a lot of people think it has to be quarterback wide receiver it can be anything a lot of folks like to stack defense running back i did last week with mccoy and the bills uh you can stack all kinds of things I personally am going to go with Breeze and Michael Thomas. As I said, Michael Thomas did not play in this game last time. Breeze is at home. Michael Thomas is at home. I think this is, could have shootout potential. Best to bet on Breeze when he's at home, and I think Michael Thomas is the man to get it done. He's got a real soft matchup as well. Uh, who do you, who are you stacking this week? Yeah. Okay. So, <clears throat> excuse me. To go straight for the four man super stack here, I really Woo! think you might be able to go Mariota. DeMarco, Delaney, Tennessee defense. <laughs> oh, wow. I like it. All the Titans. I think you're allowed to do that. Yeah, that's almost the, the mega, what are they, the Voltron stack almost. <laughs> well, there you go, yeah. Yeah, all right. I like it. And that is a GPP play, man. Talk about trying to differentiate your lineup. And if indeed, if you hit stacking a quarterback and a running back wide receiver, you're basically just saying that you want exposure. They're, they're going to score a lot of touchdowns and that quarterback is going to have exposure to all those touchdowns. Then you double up. If that hits, Oh, I will have boat drinks with you down south <laughs> of the border. I like it. You know, I think, I think you could also do Brady blunt Patriots defense. Oh, for sure. The Patriots defense. I like that. I like that. Brady Blunt Patriots defense. Even maybe uh, I like my Brady Blunt or how about Brady 
Blunt Mitchell Patriots defense. Yeah, and that you know that might even be price friendly. You know, it certainly would. And talk about exposure: twenty nine points, highest implied team total of the week with the Patriots. Now you're talking some uh, GPP play there. All right, we got two categories left. One of them is the fade. So guys, you're turning away from who? And this is just DFS only, DFS minded. Uh, that, well, it doesn't have to be, but that's the the idea. Who are you going to fade in your DFS lineups this week? It, you know, it kind of breaks my heart, and it it makes me a little nervous at the same time. But basically, all of your Chiefs, I'm fading Tyreek Hill, which you know Spencer yeah. Ware. Travis Kels, I'm just just not going there against Denver. If you can afford to not put them in your lineup, I think that's the smart way to go. Yeah, this was the lowest over-under of the week. And not only that, if memory serves, that Kansas City had an implied team total less than three touchdowns. They were expected to score 20-something. Uh, so not looking good for Kansas City. I, I think that's a smart team to fade. I'm going to fade a tight end, and I'm fading Jimmy Graham, who's going against Arizona. Arizona has been so good against tight ends. They've only allowed one tight end touchdown all season long. The most yards any tight end has put up against Arizona in 2016 is 53. 5-3. They only have... Three tight ends that have even seen 50 yards, and the most any one tight end has put up against Arizona, 53 yards. One touchdown on the season, uh, only one guy have reached 53 yards. That's who Jimmy Graham faces. It's a tough road to hoe for Graham. One of my favorites, the beloved, what you talking about, Willis? This is the double take where you're going to go for a cheap guy that you think could do well. So somebody that's in within $500 of the site minimum. So which cheap play or which what you talking about Willis player are you taking? Uh, you know, Josh Bellamy, I think, could really be a guy at this, this price range that might actually do something. He's been getting nine, six, and seven targets in his last four in his last, I'm sorry, Nine, six, seven, and three targets in his last four games. So this isn't just a total dart throw. And if Josh Norman shuts down Alshon, the ball has to go somewhere else. Zach Miller's out, so I don't, you know, it's not going there. I, I, I think Josh Bellamy has a more realistic chance than most of these three thousand dollar dart throws do. Interesting call. Interesting call. I got two. One just quick. Duke Johnson, 3,500 on DraftKings. With RG3 last week, I saw a little chemistry developing there. Saw seven targets, five catches, 62 yards. That was just through the air. So that could be interesting. I want to watch that little relationship grow. But honestly, my real play, who, again, do I play again? Uh, do I do the, the Gates break double start? Again, I'm starting or I'm calling two tight ends from a DFS. I've already listed four wide receivers, so I don't have an actual lineup right now. I'm going to have a lot of these guys in my lineups, but I've got too many guys. So, Ginn, Mitchell, Baldwin, Thomas, those are my four wide receivers. 
I'm going to just wreck it here. Those are my guys I'm going to pick. I'm not going to actually have a startable lineup here because I like too many guys. I like Braden Gates at the tight end. And an official pick that I'm going with is Mr. Curley for San Francisco. He is super cheap on DraftKings. Torrey Smith is questionable. They've already lost Quentin Pandit. They've already lost Vance McDonald. Curley has 16 targets in the last two games. I think he could be an interesting play. Boy, I do want to go with him. Yeah, I'm going to roll with Curley as an official call. I don't have an official lineup, though, so I got to mix and match my plays this week. And as I said, look for Ginn, because if the cornerback that Ginn is supposed to go up against as he is facing Atlanta, that is Jalen Collins, who is one of their best. If he's out, I think Ginn's going to have a nice game. That's the caveat there with Ginn. All right, that brings us to the end of another episode. So, Mr. Josh Cracker, it's been a pleasure uh, streaming and and talking waiver wire and DFS with you, man. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me on again. Absolutely, absolutely, folks. He was Josh Cracker. Give him a follow on Twitter. That is at J-C-C-R-O-C-K-E-R. Of course, I am Pyromaniac Mo. Give me a follow on Twitter. It is all letters, P-Y-R-O-M-A-N-I-A-C-M-O. And you've heard it at the beginning. I I teased a little bit of it in the middle, but we've got the recipe coming up uh, to soothe your ears. And, of course, we're going to be back with the Pyro Light next week in our DFS version. And good luck in your championships. And until the next time, we will catch you on the flip side.
take that shit less seriously. I'll serenade the moonshine. Love you through my bones. Whoa. Take that shit less seriously I'll say